Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. If you like the Fashion Channel, you'll love this week's Torah portion. This week we're reading Tetzaveh. It's the eighth portion in the book of Exodus, and like the Parshiot before it, it takes place at Mount Sinai. So far, our people have been standing at Sinai for quite a long time. They received the Ten Commandments. They were spoken to by God, so to speak. Moses goes up and gets the laws, and then the people are commanded to make a number of things. Last week, they built a mishkan, a portable sanctuary. This week, they make clothing. Actually, there are three things that happen in this week's Torah portion. First, there's two very brief verses at the beginning about creating a ner tamid, a light that is eternal, which is, of course, related to the ner tamid, the eternal light that we have in our sanctuaries to this day. Then there's an extended portion about all the different types of clothing that the priests would wear. So what did the ancient Jewish priests wear while they were performing sacrifices in the temple? Well, we're told they wore a breastpiece, an ephod, which is some kind of piece of clothing, a robe, a fringed tunic, a headdress, and a sash. Sounds quite stylish, right? And most of this portion describes the making of those objects, the elaborate craftsmanship that went into creating these holy pieces of clothing. So why did the priests need special clothing? After all, rabbis don't wear special clothes. Rabbis dress like everybody else. Well, the reason is found in part in their job description. Ancient priests were not just religious leaders. They performed sacrifice in the temple. They performed acts of worship, which in those days included the sacrificing of animals and grains and fruits and vegetables that came from the people. And they did so on behalf of the people. In fact, we get a clue to their status later on in the same Torah portion when the priests are officially installed or ordained in their task. It says, this is Exodus 29.9, it says, Umileta yad aharon v'yad banav. God says to Moses, You shall fill the hands of Aaron and his sons. That language is translated here as, you shall ordain them. But literally, it does say, fill their hands. Fill their hands with what? Well, we know that in ancient times, authority was passed from one person to the next by laying on of hands. The priest or the leader or the person in authority would place their hands on the shoulders of the other person and in so doing, confer some authority, which was seen to come from God, onto the next person. So the priests are seen to be receiving authority from God, which they can then use on behalf of the people to communicate with God. In fact, in the very next verse, it says that the ordination ceremony of the priests involved a bull being led forward for a sacrifice. And Aaron and his sons would lay their hands on the head of the bull. So the hands that had just been filled with authority are now being used to sacrifice on behalf of the people. Ancient priests in Judaism were seen as a conduit between the people and God. And that was the only way you could communicate with God. If you were a farmer or a layperson, you couldn't offer your own sacrifice. The only way to sacrifice was to bring it to the temple, to these ordained and recognized priests, and to ask them to sacrifice it for you. 
So the clothing that the priest would wear represents that authority, that status that they had as the primary conduit of communication and worship between the people and God. Which helps us answer the question of why rabbis today don't wear special clothing. Because rabbis are not conduits to God. Rabbis are teachers. Rabbis are facilitators. The rabbi's job is not to perform ritual for people, but rather to teach and lead members of the congregation to be able to pray and learn and perform ritual for themselves, to have a direct relationship with God in whatever way it is that we conceive God. But as a point of interest, the clothing of the ancient priests hasn't disappeared entirely. The breastpiece, the fringed tunic, the headdress or crown, the sash, the robe, these items still exist, only they're not placed on a person anymore. They're actually placed on the Torah scroll. Today we dress our Torah scroll, our holy book, almost exactly as we dressed our high priest in ancient times. In a sense, we've conferred the authority that used to rest in a person onto a book, onto a tradition. And that's because in Judaism as we know it today, no one person can communicate with God on your behalf. Rather, every one of us has the capacity to learn, to study, and to build a spiritual life for ourselves, as we learn in our tradition, Vitalmud Torah Keneged Kulam. The study of Torah is equal to all of our righteous deeds because study and learning lead us to a life of meaning and connection and spirituality. So this Torah portion ironically begins with priestly clothing and ends with a reminder that study is a holy act. This coming week, let's look for opportunities to learn new things, to grow in our understanding of the world and of our Judaism. Maybe it's time to pick up a new book Maybe it's time to research a new topic. Maybe it's time to try out a new ritual or tradition. You are your own priest, so to speak. You don't have to wear the funny clothes, but you do get to build your own spiritual life. Shabbat Shalom.